0: Well, we're getting there, folks. We are. Well, we just recorded the finale last night and things are going to start either coming together or making a hell of a lot less sense. And I really hope that you guys have been enjoying the ride so far. And I really hope that you enjoy everything moving towards the climax and the epilogue and I love these characters. I love everything that we've created with Fillmore's Crossing. And I especially want to thank all of you who have decided to get involved with our Patreon, even though there really isn't any reason to give us any money other than you appreciate what we've been doing. I mean, there is literally nothing on our Patreon right now. There's a there's a creepy slash fic that one of our fans wrote. There is <laughs> some of my notes and some songs that you can probably get elsewhere as well. But it doesn't change the fact that you guys still choose to support us. And I really appreciate that. You guys are the greatest. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoy this week's Farport story. Dwelling with child, Polly Jorgensen pulled the rope up from the well. The sun was rising to her right, and the few houses gave way to the tall steeple belonging to the church of Ernie, the stone gleaming in the first few fingers of light. To the north she saw more small houses, and her gaze continued until it settled upon the great Gottfried compound. The general store was well-maintained and beautifully framed with minimal crookedness. The larger house and barn off behind the store were large, but still modest. Jethro was not one to flash about his wealth to folk like that. Polly walked across the square to the west and looked upon her and her husband's inn. Norman Jorgensen had really built something special with the Flivers Rest. The nearby mines kept everyone here employed. And it made sense to name the bar after something so closely tied to the town. She shook her head and pushed open the double-swinging barriers. The man in black was here, playing lovely music like usual. He never asked for payment of any sort, and Norman never offered. But Norm did build him a platform two years ago. He doesn't say much, but Polly never really needed him to. His songs said more than enough, and he had plenty of them. Norman Jorgensen stood behind the bar serving a beer to one of the miners. His strong hand had a tattoo of an oak tree. His face was creased, but his bushy brown beard had fewer grays than could be expected for a man a half century old. He wore a bandana around his head, but he was far too bald, to need it for anything other than catching sweat. He was in good shape still. Polly blushed as she realized how much she had been staring at her husband. She almost didn't notice the noise behind her as two people walked into the bar. They looked from the man in black around the various tables dotting the floor of the bar, then to the stairwell upon the right wall and corner. The bar extended from the left wall to the stairwell, where there appeared to be some sort of hinge to lift the bar top and enter. Above the bar was a stuffed bison head. The gentlemen seemed shady to Polly as they walked towards the bar. The first one had on a bowler hat and large elven ears, long silver hair cascading down his back. He wore a pistol on his belt, and it had an opalescent handle. The second one was also an elf, but he was taller and broader. He had the tattoo of an oak tree on his neck, and it was incredibly large. Shorter black hair was mostly hidden underneath a brown stetson. They both continued and sat themselves at the bar. The silver-haired one spoke first. I assume you know why we're here. Norman nodded. Polly, go upstairs into the safe and grab the three thousand. Twelve. The large one with the tattoo interrupted. I only borrowed one thousand. Interest, my friend. Interest. You have been shown a courtesy considering how much Boss Lady loves you, but love can only get you so far. It's a lot of gold. She didn't send us to hit you. At least not yet, the silver-haired one taunted. How long do I have? Can I give you the three and show that I'm going to be true to my word? I'm I'm not looking to die in front of my family today. If she wanted you dead, the silver-haired one lingered. You'd be dead, the big one nodded aggressively. How long is really up to you? I've been instructed to come here every week. And if you don't have as much gold as I feel you ought, well, I'm going to take one of your fingers. And if anyone tries anything funny, I'm going to shoot your chubby little wife over there. Polly wanted to scream at this, but Norm put a hand up to reassure her it was all right. Listen, I got kids now. The third on the way. I'll get you the money, I promise. I look forward to that, Mr. Jorgensen. Whiskey, if you please. Pull it off of your debt. Norman set two shot glasses on the table and poured a shot of whiskey in each. Leave the bottle. And Norm left the bottle sitting as he walked over to Polly. Look, I-, I should have told you, he said with his eyes shining with m- moisture. You, me, and Sylvia needed a place to live, and I, f- I found a way to make a living. I just didn't think they'd collect like this. Polly was angry, but she was also scared, so she hugged her husband, but mostly to reassure herself. She looked around the bar, and in the terror of these thugs walking in, she didn't notice some folks sat down and started playing cards. Patrick Portnoy, with his fading, curly red hair, had his cards held up tight to his chest, looking down over his nose through his glasses. A miner with a turquoise bolo tie and a thick white mustache was also seated along with Patrick's kid, Pete. Pete must have only been 20 and was fresh-faced with a reddish-brown mop of hair stuffed under a white stetson. They had money in the center of the table, but Polly paid it no mind. She went and sat near the stage so she could listen to the man in black play his songs. After a few moments, she perked up and ran behind the bar to warm some water. Some coffee grounds were in a drawer in her spice cabinet, so she removed them and waited while the water warmed. A mug was hanging on the nail that Norman had put there, and she removed that as well. Carefully, she measured and scooped the grounds into her cup. Then she poured the water over them and allowed them to steep. A vigorous stir later, she returned to her spot, near the man in black, to listen.
1: Truth is, well... Truth is I never saw it coming when he laid me in the street I could feel my mouth was running, I could see a couple teeth It was just a couple kisses that I planted on her cheek I didn't know that she was taken till I woke up on the street It's my first time getting beat, but I got back on my feet And my blood had turned to steam, train was just about to leave And by train I mean my brain, and by steam I mean reciprocated Pain gave his shirt a red blood stain.
0: There's definitely a reason for me to
1: get off. It was just a couple fists that I planted on his cheek. I didn't know I had it in me till I knocked him off his feet. But that started my career as I was grinning ear to ear. I'm a bloody knuckle box.
0: (laughs) Polly jumped up and turned to see the man in the turquoise bolero standing with his pistol drawn smoke billowing from the barrel and the hammer forward. Patrick was feeling his body for holes but found himself to be fine. But the same could not be said for Norman. He was clutching at his chest and blood was pouring out of him. The two elves immediately jumped up and ran out of the building as Norman collapsed to the floor. Polly was reeling. She couldn't believe what had just happened. On the stairs, Andrea Jorgensen was screaming as loud as her lungs would allow. Patrick and Pete had wrestled the gun away from the mustached man, and Polly heard Patrick yelling something about Elmer, but she couldn't hear as her entire head was ringing. She was dazed and unable to hurry in the way she needed to, and her knees were so weak that balancing seemed like a hard task. No, she just needed to lay down for a while, and she just stared as the ceiling, no, the floor, came closer to her face, as everything seemed to tunnel, and her vision turned black.
2: Had the horse
1: hitched up before the sun. A race we ran before the gun to make a haste that day for the house in the valley far away. As the road dipped down, we could see. I hope just a house all alone in the valley below. But your shoulders fell, cause the house looked like hell and decay. So there's no home in the valley. I'm just glad that you came with me Someday soon we'll try again But at least we got this time to spend together We got this time together We took out the meal hose hopes and hurt pride But we'll be fine You know the fight So there's no home in the valley I'm just glad to have you with me Someday soon we'll try again But at least we got It's time to spend together. We got this time.